Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Shift Fire Productions Totally Legitimate Podcast. I am Asher, and I'm here with my friends Steve and Alec. Hello, I am Steve. And I am Alex. Aha, uh, different intro this time. Ooh, Fooled you. Changing it up on y'all. Yeah. You've been tricked. I've How has everything been going for you guys this week? Honestly, it's been... I mean, I obviously out of this room haven't had the craziest week, but I've had a pretty busy one. Had a job interview. I had a bunch of stuff going on in my life, but uh, we're here now. We're here to relax and talk about some nerd stuff. Oh, yeah. I've been doing good. Just happy to finally chill out. Yeah, yeah. How about so, yeah, you, Steve, uh, what, what was the first thing you wanted to talk about? Oh, yeah. So our typical game updates uh, today uh, will be talking about our video video games of interest today. Uh, our first one, for me at least, was uh, MS Flight Sim. I finally picked it up uh, with the Xbox Game Pass uh, this last week. And after an overnight download and several frustrating tries to get logged into the servers, for some reason it just wouldn't work, uh, I finally got it to work, and to my surprise, I loved it. Um, I didn't think I'd get super into it, but um, it's honestly uh, one of the most impressively scared, scaled games I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is done, if you don't know, everything's done, not procedurally, but everything's rendered through an AI, like a proprietary AI that takes GPS data and then renders everything through that GPS data um, into uh, like the game. So if the GPS data says, oh, there's hills and a mountain here, well, it'll generate a hill, hill and a mountain uh, in that location in real time. Um, and you can go to anywhere in the world, literally anywhere in the world in real time because of this. Uh, and this is including houses, real-time air traffic. Um, so I like fly if, over North Korea and see what happens. Yep, you can. You actually can do that. People have been doing that. Um, and you can, you can um, fly with other planes that are in the area in real time. Uh, so like the actual time it takes to fly from here to Chicago, for instance, uh, it, it would be that long which is really cool um and also other planes that are flying in the area will come up on your game if they're um flying in the time as well as other players too other players can fly with you uh, meet up in an airport and you can all fly together for the evening uh super super cool stuff i was very impressed by it um really pretty too absolutely gorgeous the way it, it generates everything and it just feels so real um the planes have actual weight to them and they're not easy to fly. It's kind of terrifying. Um, yeah, not, that's, that's kind of planes. Yeah, it's just the way planes are. They're not easy to fly. Um, so it does have a bit of a learning curve for anybody who hasn't played a flight simulator before. It's pretty intense. Um, but it's cool stuff, man. The tutorial does a really good job of, of putting you through the basics of flying a plane. And uh, you can follow the rules or not. It doesn't matter. Just go and take off and fly for the evening. That's one of my favorite things to do now. Um, yeah, you guys. I I saw some because I watch people play flight sim vids or like record flight sim flight sim videos and the new flight sim looks really smooth compared to the yep. FX and damn like the challenge modes that they have in there too like they put a lot of like new content and updates they, that game really well they put so much work into 2020 I mean again it's not perfect it is pretty buggy uh, I've had my my fair share of some bugs and issues but. Uh, overall, for the game of its scale, very clean and very well put together. 
waiting for the modders to come in and change around the plane so that there will be a Millennium Falcon flying around. I'm, I don't know if they have mod support like the other flight sims did, but um, it, it could happen. I'm guessing someone will break into the will break oh, the game open and do that. I'm sure. It's inevitable. Yeah. But uh, all I've really been playing, I'm not even really excited for any future games. I forgot what's even coming out. Like, uh, you much. know, obviously we talked about the uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, but um, otherwise Cyberpunk? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's and all maybe I'm Star back Citizen in the next 20 years. <laughs> Whenever Elder Scrolls <laughs> 6 is supposed to happen. Yeah. Psych, it's just Elder Scrolls 5 again. But otherwise, I've just been playing Modern Warfare and uh, a newfound love of mine, Besiege. As you yep. know, I've been playing, Steve. Oh, absolutely. I've been joining you every night almost to build stupid contraptions with you and try to make them work. That yeah, while I was gone for a week, fun. all I did was think about shit to build in that <laughs> game. It's a good use of your time. It really is. I had nothing better to do being, yeah, being yeah. real. <laughs> uh, another game I'm really excited about coming out, and honestly, there aren't a lot of releases that have been making me excited the last couple weeks. The one I'm really excited about just dropped today as we're recording this uh, was Tony Hawk's uh, Pro Skater was 1 and 2 remake. Um... I love the old Tony Hawk games. I've grew up with them, and every time I go back to play them, they're just as fun as they were back in the day. Um, so I'm excited to say that I've I've seen plenty of gameplay. I've seen a lot of people just do nothing but praise it up and down, saying that it should be. It is exactly what a remake should be. Yeah. Um. You know, doing. I remember only... uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three, and I think it was like my third PS2 game. Yep. Pro Skater Four was where it was at. I adored pro skater four and also uh the thug series tony hawks undergrounds one and two uh super good. good games yep uh ridiculous and going back to thug it's so mid-2000s it's disgusting it's oh, yeah. <laughs> um but i love it it's so charming and fun to go back to uh and i think that's just the thing about skateboarding games is that they are just always fun to go back to and like as long as you don't overcomplicate it and make them weird uh they're just down home fun games and i think that's just something that video games have seemed to lose over the years is that it just needs to be fun at its core and that's all you really need man interesting to see how the skate 4 compares to like the old like the tony hawk remakes right uh, well, like performance wise because so, i know the skate was really was a big uh like series skate 3 especially no. skate 3 especially was uh, incredible it was so much fun it wasn't really even a skating game is more of a of a fuck around simulator you could just do whatever you want yeah you it more or less like kind of dethroned uh the tony hawk series right because i remember right. as soon as skate picked up uh tony hawk kind of tapered off Yep. Um, well, the series died kind of its own of of its own fruition too just because uh, yeah. tony hawk ride kind of flopped um, Tony Hawk's like the remakes they tried doing in the early 2010s just weren't good. Uh, they did try remaking Pro Skater 1 in like 2010 and it was awful. It was so bad that it was actually pulled off uh, the Steam store like app listings. You can still find it, but it is not easy to find. Um, yeah. So like it's in Skate um, took off because it, it did have a bit more of a more realistic feel to it. Um, 
you know, your writers have a little bit more weight. You can't, it's not as easy to pull off as many tricks as it was in, in pro skater. Um, so, and also, yeah, it, was just it, it was also more free form, like, a, yep. it was free kind of world. What people, they didn't know they wanted it, but turns out right. they wanted it. They, it's literally, you just go and skate. Yep. That's exactly what skate was. And also they also took themselves the right amount of seriously. Like there was a lot of silly little gimmicks, like the hall of meat. You can break as many bones as yeah. your body as you can, you know, fun stuff like that. Like, uh, and skate four actually happened because when the remakes for Tony Hawks, uh, came out, um, everybody's like, okay, where's skate four? Um, because they were, they remembered that, oh my God, skateboarding games are a thing. <laughs> and, uh, they really wanted skate four to the point where the developers of the skate games came out and made an announcement saying, Hey, we are going to start development on skate four only because you guys have asked so much for it. Um, they got approval from EA and the funding to do it. Um, just, oh, because... just like half-life three. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, that's funny. Yeah, speaking <laughs> of like funny. old games, uh, I, I learned because I've been kind of like diving into like the history of video games and stuff like that. I learned that there's more than two fucking Half Life games. Wild, right? There's actually a bunch of spinoffs. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I'm gonna be I honest, I never played a single Half Life game, neither have I. I have so so here. Let me actually look at my Steam settings. I have all of them, um, and I've only played the ones that matter, which are Half Life's one and two. And um, I also didn't know that Half Life one didn't even run on the Source engine. It was just a Quake engine. It's Golden Source. Yep it's it's a modified, modified version Quake. of Quake and yeah, it's the modified version of the Quake two engine called Golden Source, um, which was. Basically, like if you look at Half Life in the perspective of it was the Quake engine, you can see that it was Valve taking their modding skills and say, "Hey, look at all the shit we can do with this crazy engine." <laughs> like yeah. it's just a showcase. It was so much cool. It was it was really cool for the time. Uh, so there's Half Life, Half Life Blue Shift, Half Life Deathmatch, Half Life Opposing Force, Half Life Half Life Source, Half Life or Half Life Sven Co-op, and and then I have Team Fortress Classic, uh, which was a Half Life mod. Um, so everybody's personal favorite opposing force. Yep. Opposing forces. They're all, well, see, they aren't actually developed by valve. So no, I forget which that one was like Gearbox. a Sega. Oh yeah. Gearbox. Gearbox. So Gearbox is notorious for making really weird golden source games. Um, before they made uh borderlands, which is, which is borderlands, which is the only game people cared, cared about from them. Um, yep. they made golden source ports. That was, that was pretty much all they did. Um, so they made Blue Shift, Opposing Force, and Opposing Force, uh, which were kind of like spinoff expansions kind of things for Half-Life that were endorsed by Valve. And they were, uh, eh. <laughs> they yeah, weren't that great. Um, and then, funny enough, I didn't know this. So have you guys heard of the James Bond game, uh, Nightfire? Oh, yeah. Yes. Did you know that Gearbox made a PC version on the Golden Source engine? No, I had no idea. I thought it was a console exclusive until I saw a YouTuber I watch playing it on PC. And I'm like, what? That was and my like, favorite Bond game. Yeah. And it's gold. They had a golden source version. That's absolutely awful. <laughs> uh. It's so bad. 
because Golden Source was very limited in its own ways, where like you can do certain thing, cool things in Nightfire that you could not do in Golden Source just because the engine wouldn't let you. Uh, <laughs> so it was this like really cobbled together like Half Life James Bond game. It was a disaster, and I really want to play it sometime because it looks <laughs> the disaster nobody asked for. Exactly, and that's what uh gearbox did is they just did games that nobody ever asked for um and like kind of still do yeah like and they still do pre-sequels one of them whatever other freaking game they made be- before borderlands 3 was it lawbreakers uh i know that they i'm pretty sure they made Maybe. aliens colonial marines which yeah, i think on. won worst game of the year that sounds about right it it was apparently just abysmal. Uh, I think that there was a bug on release where, and correct me if I'm wrong, there was a bug on release where the enemies wouldn't even attack you. They didn't even recognize you. That's <laughs> Honestly, they just would, run around you and wiggle around. It was Gearbox, by the way. I can confirm that it was Gearbox, and the head designer was Randy Pitchford. I Back in my day, when I was a huge Aliens fan, I was so excited when they announced not only that game and their intentions and uh they like got me with borderlands so i'm like oh my god this company is going to be bringing like a horror shooter to life that's going to be awesome like that would be well, cool yeah well well whoops <laughs> uh in that same vein speaking of fucking terrible games um ea just set a new record today or a couple days ago uh, at the worst user review game of all time on Metacritic, at a whopping 0.3. Wow. Well, that uh, surprises me. Game. It doesn't surprise me at the exact same time because yep. it's EA. Like, that's an impressive score. But yes. then it's right. also EA. Uh, greatest number of people sawing it once. So it was Madden 2021. And before you say, oh, it's a sports game, of course it scored low. Uh, now, hear me out. Um, this is a story I didn't even know about until I watched Youngie's video on it. And I dug deeper and it's a train wreck of like history. So every game since like 2015, they've basically been taking the same game and just making an update for it and then releasing it for $60. That has become common practice in EA sports. This one was done so poorly. Yeah. So this one has been done so poorly that in the background, like where there's like sponsorships and shit on the field, it still says Madden 20 on it. Oh, I did hear about this. Yeah, yeah, it's so I blatant. They didn't, update, they didn't update anything on it. They just re-released it with a 21 on it and then released the game. That's uh, hilarious. It's like I can understand. Okay, okay, let me rephrase <laughs> this. Like that's that is a shitty practice, but like. I can also understand like some of like the thought behind it because like it's how much can you really rewrite the program for like a football game like that? It's like the same. It's the same controls and the same teams, really. But like updating visuals like that is like an important part. But like I can understand like take transferring over like a large oh, yeah. portion of the files that's just and that's just that's not uncommon practice anywhere in the gaming industry most no. games run off the same engines as their prequels or sequels Look at so, your call of duty yeah <laughs> uh yeah but 
the the practice of taking the same game and just selling it again that's a completely different thing um and sure they've probably run out of innovations at this point there's really not much more you can do to a sports game to make it any more exciting uh besides (laughs) vr make it vr that's the only thing they can do now more character customization like wacky character customization has really been what's keeping it alive recently um but like with the um the recent uh the recent uh unveilings of new sports games they've become the most greedy gaming games in the gaming industry besides like mobile games uh because it's just such an easy demographic to take advantage of i guess um but man uh point three that actually beat warcraft's remake um that's impressive uh uh-huh that was the fucking shot to beat and they did it Yep, Warcraft it beat Warcraft Three Remake, which was impressive because we never thought we would ever see a disaster as big as that. Um, oh yeah, and uh, I mentioned like we were on the topic of where the where the heck video games even yep. came from, like basically yeah. their grandfathers. Uh, and I mentioned Call of Duty. I learned something or two things really cool about uh, everybody's favorite line of shooters of the early two thousands. Do you know the people that made Call of Duty, like uh? the founders of infinity ward do you know that they made the first medal of honor game did they i did really? not that's yeah, interesting I, sorry they didn't make it they were on the team to make it so you know, they weren't the only ones right but uh and i also didn't know this uh a lot of people think that medal of honor would never have happened because of saving private ryan yeah they are completely <laughs> true because it was steven spielberg's idea Hmm. Huh, that is they, actually they even pretty had cool. the same historical advisor yep i can see it um i mean looking at like medal of honor rising sun and how it follows the perspective of a couple soldiers just like saving private ryan did i, I can see mm-hmm. the parallels for sure um man medal of honor that's a sad story too mm-hmm. <laughs> what a what a sad story of a franchise yeah I, i'm learning all this because uh i found this new youtube channel it's called gamers but spelt with a v instead of an a because i assume gamers was taken Uh, he does video essays starting or uh it's called the rise and fall Uh, and he does like the rise and fall of dead space the rise and fall of half-life and all that uh fun stuff and uh been learning a lot as he covers like the whole history of that game platform that's awesome uh the first video of his that I watched, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of, uh, it's a game that dropped in like 2009 or maybe it was like 2010. Uh, do you guys ever hear about operation flashpoint? Uh, yeah. Yes. I heard the name. I honestly don't remember what the game is about though. Yeah. It was supposed to be an arma killer, like a whole battle sim that was going to be available on console. And it, at first glance, it looked remarkable, and then its its execution was terrible. It turns out it wasn't the first uh, Operation Flashpoint. In fact, Operation Flashpoint predates Arma by like three years, I think. Interesting. In like nineteen ninety nine, I think it was, or ninety eight. I can't remember, but. So- the first uh, armor came out into early 2000s right 
Yep. And it gets even weirder. Do you know who made the first Operation Flashpoint game? I do not. Bohemia Interactive, the company that made Arma 3. Oh. <laughs> it's getting awkward. That's, yeah, that's they, weird. They, uh, they partnered up with a uh, publishing company in the, in the 90s, and they had a really, really nasty split. And the uh, publisher won the rights to the name Operation Flashpoint, whereas Arma was able to keep the rights to all the assets. So the first Arma game that they made, because Bohemia Interactive, the poor little Czech company, was almost completely out of money. So they're like, shit, we got to make a game with uh, fucking Operation Flashpoint Cold War uh, (laughs) assets. And they barely threw it together. And it it was barely even better than the game that came out three years prior. Right. And (laughs) it managed to keep them afloat. Uh, Arma Cold War Assault or something like that. Yeah. Uh, So it's kind of crazy about uh, weird development cycle history. I was reading Mm -hmm. into like Halo's, the original Halo's um, development cycle. Apparently, it actually had a pretty crazy one. It was kind of all over the place because they didn't know what they really wanted to do with it. Um, So Bungie apparently had made the game and they um, ended up hitting crunch time right around the time of map design. As Um, you do. Yeah. So (laughs) the reason why Halo 1's levels are really samey and repetitive, it seems like they're just kind of repeated tiles. Oops, sorry. Uh, Field with a rock, field with a tree. Or like um, specifically it's seen in any of the like the covenant levels where it seems like it's just repeated like repeated tiles over and over again. It's because they they didn't have budget for map design. They didn't really have a map designer on their team. So they just kind of threw together what what they had and went with it, Um, which is why Halo 1's level design is probably the weakest point of the game while the rest of it is one of some of the best. Even though uh, everybody... uh, looks at halo 2 for the worst level design right being Uh, all claustrophobic and boxed in yeah but halo 1 oh man uh some of those levels can get rough but just you can get lost because you don't know where you're at anymore though yeah that's true it was 2001 uh remember that halo was one of the first games of its kind as far as what it was trying to do um Uh The, the scale of Halo 1 was immensely impressive in technology and size. So everybody, I remember first seeing Halo 1 when I was a kid, looking at the water in that game and seeing, oh my God, that's incredible. It looks so real. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, it's so real and lifelike. Yeah, it's nuts. It doesn't even splash when you shoot it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it just looks reflecty and cool. <laughs> But that was a big deal, man. Like that, that was, that was a, such me a... with the uh, Unreal Tournament three uh, and the yeah. the overly glossy, shiny textures of the uh, <laughs> yeah. what yeah. what era was that? Two thousand like five or something? Two thousand four? Yeah. yeah, that was when Bloom. That was when Bloom became a thing. So everything was using fucking Bloom. Uh, <laughs> it was back like, when, it's so uh... real and lifelike. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. Like when yeah. mirrors didn't show reflection, but they were shiny. So it was just like, oh my God. It's, it's so real. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did, you, did you know one of the first games to actually have a reflective mirror was Duke Nukem 3D? Uh, shit. I did how not. They did it. Oh my how shit. They did it. Half-Life. 
No, well, how they did it was pretty ingenious, actually. So what they did was they had basically something watching. uh, It was basically just an asset watching the area in front of the mirror, and it -hmm. would just be an adaptive texture that would change depending on what uh, it was like a texture change. So when you were in front of the mirror, the texture would change to Duke Nukem being in front of the mirror. Uh, And then when you turned either way, the texture would change. Just That's cool. a clever workaround. Yeah, yeah, it was. And very, very um, resource friendly. Yes, because uh, mm-hmm. it was just texture changing, uh, which is really that's that's just genius. That's a genius way of doing it. Instead of doing uh, what, um, what is it? Half Life. Oh my God! Why was that so hard? Uh, it's because it's out of all of our hearts by now. Um, yeah, Half Life does. I think it, they do like a it's technically a picture in picture yep. type thing. And it not only uh, follows and tracks the user, it also like strafes with them or something. I'm yep. not positive. It's, it's a weird, it's basically a second camera. It's kind of weird. Um, I know in later source engines, they, they fixed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, and you know, every company was trying to find ways of, uh, of uh, finding, you know, different ways to innovate their technology just to make graphics look a little bit more realistic. Because well, that was, was pretty that was, much Valve. Yeah, and Valve was the innovator at the time uh, as far as that that's, that sort of stuff goes. They were experimenting with so many different things. Yeah, they were the big dick flex of the early 2000s. Uh, late 90s and early 2000s, yeah. Well, oh yeah, technically, yeah. Um, They were basically like, let's take this thing and make it bigger and better. Um, I, the big reason why Half-Life is such a big deal is it was one of the first uh, first-person shooters to be really narratively driven. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it was. Where it, uh, and, there was more to it than just a hand and a gun. Right, and you go to this place to shoot people. Like, there was an actual story being told, and it was a very, it was a deeper story than what we saw as the players. Mm-hmm. It's the first time you actually gave a shit about other games version of Gordon Freeman. Right, right. I mean, you actually remembered the character's name. Right. I mean, and, you always remembered Duke Nukem, but... Right, but it wasn't a narrative. The there game. wasn't really much of a narrative. The story, the point of Half-Life was the story, not necessarily just the gameplay. Yeah. Investment, that's what it would be. Yeah, yep, investment. Oh, speaking of... Uh, we were just talking like graphics technology and how it's evolved over time. What's on the horizon, Steve? Oh, yeah, that's right. I have my segue license. That's a a good segue. Uh, NVIDIA RTX uh, 30 series was just unveiled uh, literally like two or three days ago. Uh, And I, as a hardware nerd, am very excited about it. I'm pretty Um, sure I just heard thunder when you said RTX 30 series. All right. As a not hardware nerd, nerd, I want you to tell me uh, how much is this going to break my bank, and uh, uh, when is it going to be necessary for me to get I this think to the, run yes, anything? Yes. Okay. The thirty seventy, I think, which is like the mid tier uh, version, is like four ninety nine, which actually isn't that bad for. Okay. Oh my god, a new that's kind of good. Yeah, that was like the initial starting price that they're saying. Um, it's probably because RTX think, is they're the kind of kind of figuring it out not not yeah, 100%, it's a new architecture. But it's not a 20 series 
the 30 series is definitely them figuring out the, the RTX architecture better. Um, looking at the tech demos, I was impressed. Yeah. Um, okay. So um, to give you an idea of where technology is right now with this sort of technology, with this sort of thing. Um, so the RTX 2080, I think TI or the 2080 super is like the best in the market right now for ray tracing technology. Okay. And it can handle ray tracing. Uh, the, TI. the TI is not the super. It's, Super okay, it's the TI, not the super. Okay, it's the TI. So the TI right now can handle um, 4K graphics, full ray tracing, 60 FPS, ultra graphics, whatever. Basically, maxed out graphics on AAA games at about averaging 60 FPS. Um, and that's with frame drops occasionally. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm exceeding 90 on 2K. Yeah. Um, so the RTX 30 series, they demonstrated the 3080. Uh, with Doom Eternal uh, on Ultra with full ray tracing, 4K, the whole bit. Uh, and they did a side-by-side comparison. Uh, it did not drop below 110 frames. The lowest it dropped during a high-stress situation was 98 frames a second. And then it averaged about 110, um, which is really impressive. Um, so that's what I want to get when I just want to take it and slap my dick down on the table. Yes, Got it. that's exactly what it is. Okay. Um, yeah, if if you want a self-contained, basically hurricane, yep. to, to run your graphics processor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so everybody, uh, I was thinking that we weren't going to get a major announcement from uh, NVIDIA just because the 16 series was out um, and RTX has been doing well enough. Uh, I wasn't actually expecting, an, especially a new th- uh, new RTX series coming out so soon, because RTX isn't Damn. that old. I, I heard um, that it was developed using the Large Hadron Collider. <laughs> no, it wasn't, audience. No, no. Don't listen to me, ever. Uh, Trust yeah. you better. Yeah, it was that also have your uh, super cute, supercomputers the size of skyscrapers, too? I it think is that's a supercomputer the size of a skyscraper, but the yeah. size of a graphics card. Nuts. Ah, Damn. <laughs> It's all compacted into one, dude. They just they just took the skyscraper and just mm, like put it, crammed it in there. Yep. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm really excited about it. Um, I unfortunately won't be able the to. Price point. Yeah, the price point. I was kind of doing a little research, and that's just estimations right now. I don't know if yeah. that's going to be what it's retailing for. Um, well, regardless, can... it sounds better than the 20 series because the 20 series is like. Uh, we got this. We got this graphics processor that has a smaller graphics processor that helps it make things look pretty. What do we charge people for it? Eh, how about the price of two graphics processors? Right, and that's what they did originally, and then they plummeted the price after it. Uh, ten seventy or the ten series started spiking because nobody wanted to buy RTX. Yeah. Because uh, uh, I don't want to get. Thankfully, I did. I bought mine after that. Yeah, I did too. Super. Um, I actually bought it when um, the market price for 10s were uh, the 10 series was actually more expensive than the 20 series, um, which is really funny. Um, <laughs> so I because I, my my 1070 happened to shit out uh, right around the same time that was happening. So I was like, well, oh, crap, I just rebuilt my computer. Now my my video card is not working, so I need to buy a new video card. So I was doing some research, found out the 2070 was actually cheaper than buying a new 1070. So I was like, all right, guess I'm upgrading. Sick. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I was I like, buy a bank account. It was like $60 cheaper. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll take that. Actually, Fine I think it was, NVIDIA. 
I was more like a hundred dollars cheaper. I think it was a pretty significant difference. Um, so I was like, sure, why not? I got pretty um, lucky on that one. That's that's yeah, such a weird situation. Yep, it's because nobody was faithful in RTX. Everyone's like, well, mm-hmm. they were jumping off the RTX boat because, well, it wasn't doing what people were expecting it to. And honestly, the difference with ray tracing really isn't super noticeable. Yeah, I with think modern... that the future is there. Yeah, but you know. Right now, the technology is, yeah, the the technology right now just quite isn't there yet for for everybody to enjoy it. I know I certainly can't just because the 2070 can technically do it, but not super well. Um, I I do run maybe about 50 FPS with ray tracing on medium graphics on any game that has it. So like, yeah. I just use regular shaders and it looks just fine. Uh, I don't really notice much difference. Oh, I won't be able to see fire explosions in someone's eyeballs, but I'm not going to notice that anyway in a fast paced environment. So um, I will take performance over graphics any day. I never experience frame dips. I play on RTX with HDR enabled and ultra settings, blah, 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 blah. I never have frame dips unless I'm playing with you, Steve, and Call of Duty. Yeah, it's weird. Get it. I apologize. I have to remember I to turn off my, my my lag switch, even though that's not what lag switches do. But I'll I'll turn yes, it off it? next time. No lag switches <laughs> are. <laughs> for those who don't know, lag switches are uh, basically something to bottleneck someone's internet connection so they can do worse in video games. It doesn't affect their graphics lag. <laughs> the frame rates. I don't get it. I could play all day, and as soon as you join me, I'm at like 20 frames per second. <laughs> <laughs> cannot comprehend it yikes i'm a curse that's all it is i'll play with anybody else i understand correlation is not causation i'm <laughs> just being funny but <laughs> it, it's correlating a little the too fuck, much <laughs> yep i get you um yeah but that's what i'm really excited about um i might I get it i'm not lying the the rtx 30 i mean I was looking at it. I'm not surprised now because consoles are coming out and everyone's like, oh, consoles are starting to catch up, guys. PCs are becoming irrelevant. And then our then NVIDIA is like, haha, 30 series. I love the memes that come below. I've yeah. seen a lot of the NVIDIA RTX memes with Leonardo. <laughs> Just, oh, consoles are caught up. Yeah. <laughs> NVIDIA. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, it sounds man. like that'll be uh, what to look for when I decide to build my build a tower in the, my, the yes. next year or two. Um, yeah, I uh, I actually where I work, we have a employee that started the same day as me, and he was telling me how like excited he was for the PS Five. Yeah, PS Five, yep. and I don't know the Xbox Two, whatever Xbox we're on Series now. Yeah, PS5 and the Xbox Two. Uh, you've excited <laughs> the two glorified cable boxes, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was so excited about that, and he was telling me after I was, uh, you know, being the guy who was talking about my 2080 Super, and I was irritated that he wasn't bowing down before me. Instead, <laughs> uh, he had the audacity to tell me that uh, the consoles are going to be more powerful than PCs. And I'm like, well, you know, I remember back when I played console, I thought that exact same thing. And then you you tried out a PC and you're like, huh, I, I guess mean, I was wrong. Uh, 
is it going to be more powerful than a similarly priced PC? Yeah, probably for a year. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, if you're like me and you really hate money and you're <laughs> more than willing to throw $3,000 at a rig, um, <laughs> not even God can stop you. Yeah. And see, that's the thing with, with computers. It's like owning, I like to uh, equate it to owning a fancy car. Yeah. Um, that's, you that's need to one. know what you're doing with it like certainly consoles are great for people who are not tech savvy um mm-hmm. because there is minimal maintenance Te- typically they don't break blow um, out the dust every now and then and go right ahead. make sure you don't have cockroaches crawling into it and you're fine um but with pc especially with my luck i have had you know when an issue happens you should be able to know at least how to diagnose it or um like you need to know how to fix basic stuff. Um, if you have like, had the worst luck with computers, Steve. <laughs> it's so um, bad. So, yeah, <laughs> I, luck, I think that's computers. why I fucking have frame drops whenever you join me. Yeah, your computer curse, karma is just so bad. <laughs> yep, uh, that's why I became a hardware internet. guy. That's why I became a computer person because I had to. <laughs> My computers kept yeah. breaking, and I don't know what happened. But uh, I just I just have terrible luck with the hardware. Like it it carries on even when I'm building someone else's computer. Uh, I I know shit. One of the first computer builds I did, uh, the first uh, uh, power supply that came in was DOA. I was so Sick. upset. Yeah, it was it was dead on arrival. Which luckily, mo- like Newegg has a DOA like uh, refund, like guaranteed refund, because that that does happen, especially with power supplies. Like if there's any part that's going to come in not working. It's most likely going to be the power supply. Try shaking um, it. I tried, you know, I tried everything. Unplugging it, plugging it back heads in, up, Steve. shaking it. I'm uh, not going to go to you when I build my tower. Excuse uh, you. <laughs> Just jokes. Just I, jokes. Like, I had an issue with my power supply. Uh, kind of fumbled around with it for like five minutes. This is when I first got it. And then, right. you know, I, I actually plugged it in and everything worked fine. <laughs> you know, try that. Yeah, slapped so, it around and, on the walls a bit, yeah. dunked it in some water, and it worked fine. After yeah, I just that. turns out I just had to water and feed it. Not kind of nuts. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think its battery was just dead or something. <laughs> I've had it unplugged this whole time, and it's been working fine now. Nuts. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, like, um, if for those of you who are interested in building a computer, just wait until I think uh, I didn't look at the. The release date for the nvidia it's coming out later this year uh rttx 230 series uh it is Quick coming out hold on hold on all right now it's not coming out right now i wish shame uh, oh available on september 17th so technically later this year uh but not as late as i thought uh, uh wow 13 yeah, two weeks yeah they're coming out in and not very long. Oh God! People exciting. are gonna people are gonna learn that we don't upload immediately after we record now. Oh no! I just gave them a date. It's all right. Is it? It's fine. Or you could throw them I'm, off and just say, get it up tonight. Well, no, I usually <laughs> get it up a day later, so whatever. Yeah, I know. <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll be fine. They'll forgive us. Time will tell. As long as you don't dox us, it's whatever. Like streamers have been with uh, Flight Sim. <laughs> Did you? I don't know if you heard about that. Like, there have been streamers that have accidentally doxed themselves by flying into their house in Flight Sim on stream. 
no. Oh, that's oh, funny. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they realize, oh shit, I just docked my, doxed myself. <laughs> Whoops. Oopsie doodles. I'd fly to Afghanistan. That'd be cool. Go to that yeah, area. Yeah, you, can, you can do it. Yeah, you could do it. Uh, so what? What uh, animes have you guys been watching recently? Oh yeah, the the topic of the day. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, always Asher, a fun uh, one. Let's pick up our conversation <laughs> from the last episode. <laughs> yeah, how was I that, uh, uh, finally finished Ragnarok? <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Best it show took ever. Me <laughs> a lot of alcohol to get through. And each episode felt like four fucking hours long. How many how many trips to the liquor store was that whole season? Oh god. Two? Three maybe? I don't even know how I can't this remember. Point. I can't, can't remember. It, yeah. Oh. It was it was something. Like yeah, that shows a trip. Yeah. If you're looking for a really bad isekai, that'll do it. Like I've, I've got it figured out. I've like I've so you know most isek I have a pretty standard formula to them, right? At least at the beginning, like first couple episodes yeah. uh, are you like could, okay, like, sleep through the first episode and yeah, not miss much because most of them are like here's the main character, here's some general world knowledge. Like it's either this is them before they go, and then this is how they get there or yeah. they're already in episode the new world one. and kind of explain how they got there. Yeah. Episode one. Yeah. This pretty one much uh... just uh, like, all right, you guys know that this is an isekai. Uh, we, we got to rush through the character introductions and how the hell he gets here. Yeah. This one just completely throws it out the window. And it's just like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I didn't even understand how he got there until it was like the, I want to say the second to last episode or the like last episode, episode eight where they at least talk about it. Yeah, it was like, yeah, the last quarter of it, they finally talked about like important information like this is how he got here. This is why he's going back. And this is yeah. like important information on the s characters with fucking special powers that I just still don't understand why or how. Oh, are they from the gods? I don't know. Are there gods? I don't know. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> questions every, that we still have today. Every single important topic that they needed, they just did not include. Yeah. They so just, if you're the writers looking, pretty yeah. much just went, ah, it's an isekai, they'll figure it out. <laughs> they something. fucking <laughs> threw the notes on the floor, just picked them up and was just like, yeah, this is how we're going to storyboard it. Yeah, for those who don't know, because uh, not everybody is familiar with the uh, nerd genres, an isekai is uh, any show where a character is transported to another world, more or less. And they kind of tend to fill a cookie cutter type plot element but uh yeah generally the best ones are the ones that smash that mold usually this one this did it in the wrong way <laughs> yeah it, well, it, it like it filled the mold for the 
uh, it's like the last bit of cookie dough and it doesn't exactly, there's not enough to completely fill out the cookie cutter. So it's, it's just like they cut everything out. I, uh, when I was explaining it to Asher, I, I, I told him that it's like the, uh, writer just lost half his notes, uh, while he was making the show and just went with it anyway. That's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> pretty bad. Like if I, I honestly think, okay, this is going to maybe a hot take. I think if they had just like flushed, gotten rid of like some of the filler, I honestly think that the first three quarters of the show was just filler. Like you yeah. get rid of like the middle of it and actually like they flush out some of it. It actually would have been a really good show. If like, it had a good animation team, a uh, consistent art style, <laughs> uh, better writing. Okay, I, I can look past different <laughs> art styles because, like, that doesn't literally go off model. That's weird. It, Don't throw me off. Maybe I didn't notice it because it was, I was like, yeah, camera at the time. Because, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was. If you're looking for something that'll definitely like, blow your mind. Attack, uh, their body just forms a shape that the human body just can't make unless they're dying. Oh no. True. True. Mom's basement does a really, really good video on how trash the show is. I actually highly recommend it. It's pretty funny. We'll have to check it out. Yeah. I, I can't uh, we'll remember if he called it well. a dumpster fire or a hate watch, but uh I think Honestly, either I, one works for me. Yeah. Yeah. I know when I was watching it at the beginning, I was absolutely dreading my entire existence. <laughs> but honestly, when I went to you and asked for something, the most mind-boggling and shittiest thing to watch, that definitely hit the mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it took me a while to think of it because I actually had this, this series, like, repressed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I, I've been trying to repress it as well. I yeah, wanted to talk about it now and then store. Yeah. never mention this again. This is all. Um, <laughs> I so speaking of hate watches, um, my my brother showed me uh, Big Mouth like a, a while back, and looking back on it, I was like, I I should go back and hate watch it because, dear lord, it's. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you if you don't know what Big Mouth is, which I'm sure most people do at this point, it's the Netflix original animated series about like preteens like learning about puberty and sexuality. It well, it sounds great on paper. Like it sounds like it could be potentially like, oh, this is like recounting all of that awkwardness of junior high. They do it in the worst way possible. Um, not to mention the the. the 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 character mod like character designs are some of the worst I've ever seen. Like there is not a single appealing looking character in that series. Um like at it it's just so bad. So if you're looking for something to hate watch, uh fucking Big Mouth on Netflix is pretty bad. And oh, uh it's it's it can be really painful to get through. Um, oh. it's also further proof that uh Netflix is probably full of pedophi- pedophiles, which is great. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Cuties is definitely Only Chris not. knows. <laughs> Cuties is definitely not a sign of that. Uh, oh yeah. 
Oh boy. But yeah, hate watching is always a good time. If you're ever just needing to feel better about yourself, uh, just hate watch something and you realize that, you know what, things that you do probably aren't so bad. Yeah. Uh, speaking of hate watches, I don't have anything for you, Asher. It's going to take probably a few bottles to undig this corpse from, from my yard. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, okay. I can't remember the fucking name, but I'm going to find it. All right. <laughs> it's going to be find it and let me know. I will hate watch anything as long as I got enough liquor in me. <laughs> It's a we'll, good time we'll measure that. uh we'll measure how bad it is by how many trips to the liquor store you had to take <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the uh baseline is two or th- um, i'll go with three i'll give myself the benefit of the doubt in that i needed that extra one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway uh, moving away from bad shows um yeah, let's go to one the one that good. surprised me yeah one that surprised me was the ace attorney anime uh, so I'm a huge fan of Phoenix Wright. I have been for many years. And this anime has been out for a few years now, and I just never really got around to watching it. I watched like the first two episodes a while back, and it just really failed to grasp and get me. Uh, and then I I've, like am finishing the games now because I got the whole trilogy. So I've been revisiting the game, so I've been on a Phoenix Wright kick again. So I was like, fuck it, I'll watch the anime with, uh, with my girlfriend. And we... It, there, it starts out slow, but when... Uh, Maya and Gumshoe were introduced in the second ep- second and third episode. It takes off, man. They carry the show so hard because they are arguably the most entertaining in the series anyway. Um, like It captures the lovability of all the characters in the series, and it does a good job of, of uh, recreating the games in anime. Um, it takes some liberties in how the cases go, which is fine. It cuts a lot of the... Yeah, it, it trims a lot of the fat that really isn't needed in some yeah. of the cases. So if you you're translating idea. mediums, uh, right. you got to form it to the medium. Right. You, know, you have to have your own creative vision with it. Yep. They definitely uh, trim some uh, of the fat. But, like, you know, there's a limit to that. Right. Your creative vision has to be good. Right. Look at you, Death Note. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. I, they did a good I job with it. Haven't even heard anything about Ace Attorney, so I actually have to try that out. Uh, it's fun if you if you like Phoenix Wright, um, and like I don't the know craziness. Not. It's if you like Phoenix Wright and like its ridiculousness, because you have to not take it seriously. Do not look yeah. at it like it's a serious series because it's really not. Um, but it is a it's a feel good series. It's a very feel good, loving, it, lovable characters. It's a fun time Ugh, involving disgusting. murder and courts. Um, and it's, but like, it's believable enough, I suppose. Um, and it does a good job of capturing the characters. And that's the best part of Phoenix, right? Honestly, is just the cast. Um, <laughs> so it does a good job with that. It does them all justice. Um, show and, like that can't be plot driven. It has to be character driven. Yep. And in Phoenix, right. Is very much a character driven series. Um, and if you have, if you have never heard of Phoenix Wright, it's a, I guess a visual novel. It would be close to a visual novel. That's the closest genre I could I could place it. Uh, it's a Nintendo series or Capcom series that was released actually back in two thousand one on the end on the Game Boy SP or on the Game Boy Advance, not Game Boy SP, Game Boy Advance. Uh, and then it became a DS port in two thousand four and came to America. Uh, and it's about a newbie attorney who. Uh, finds himself in really hard court cases and you have to fight for people's uh, innocent people's uh, defense. And it's, it sounds not exciting, but it is one of the biggest bait and switch series I've ever played. 
I sounded it did not at all sound interesting when I heard about it, and I played it and could not put it down. Um, I remember so, seeing like gameplay of it. I'm like, well, I'm avoiding that, like the plague, and so yeah, I never even thought about picking it up. They're fun. Uh, they're they're just fun games. Um, I can't really complain about them. They're definitely my biggest issue with them is they take leaps of logic. If that makes any sense, like yeah. you could maybe have a case figured out like, oh, yeah, this person actually killed them with this. But you have to still figure out every step to getting to that realization because you could be 10 steps ahead of the characters in the series. So if you're 10 steps ahead of, uh, 10 steps ahead of Phoenix or skipped a couple steps, you have to go back and find those steps. And it can be kind of frustrating because it could be yeah. something so mundane to get that to that conclusion that you wouldn't even think about as a person. Because you typically already know the murder and how it happened before going into the case, or you know that, uh, you know that like oh, a certain murder weapon was happened and someone was killed in this location. Because oh, uh, they typically show a cutscene. Oh, so there's like some backlinking to it, where like you yeah, gotta so you have to like right. Um, you, so you it can, doesn't matter if you figure it out. It matters if Phoenix figures it out. Yes. So um, you could have so you can figure out who the real killer is and how exactly they did it. But you have to figure out every little step to getting to that point, And it can be really frustrating um, because you can miss something and be like, oh, I know this is this, but I don't know how to get to that conclusion. I mean, uh, that's kind of how it works. Yeah, <laughs> right. And it does capture like, oh, man, like this is really frustrating. How do I prove this? Um, it's good though. It's fun. Uh, the characters, I love every single character in Phoenix, right? Uh, except for uh, Von Karma. Fuck Von Karma. Not Francisca, but uh, the father. Um, and it's good. I highly recommend the anime. It's a fun time. Um, they did a really good job with capturing what the games are about. Yeah, we'll have to look for that. I've been watching a lot of like really old. Animes. Like I've been rewatching Cowboy Bebop. Ooh, uh, that's a good one. I've also started rewatching uh, Golgo 13. If you guys have heard of that, it's oh, no, it's no, older about like a professional going around and doing, you know, professional hitman things. But like, it's yeah. old. When when did it come out? That's a good question. Yeah, I can certainly attest that. You know, I've ranted about ReZero before, but I can certainly attest that God of High School is an absolute laser show. Once you get oh. later in, um, it's just I would agree on the watch. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it, like uh, I they're they're ramping up the plot and it needed it because honestly, uh, just tournament arc, the anime doesn't make for a good plot and i'm happy that there's way way more behind it um so that's good uh, a lot of it's under wraps but it's more than like a martial arts competition there's actually like supernatural stuff involved yeah but also, for the yeah, uh absolute, like webtoon show yeah for the webtoon shows i think that one did way better than uh tower the of tower god. of god I like Tower of God, but I think the action translated way better in this because, well, there's more action. Right. Also, a banger of an OP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I read both uh, God of High School and Tower of God on the web 
on the actual like webtoons comics. Mm-hmm. Rachel's my favorite Tower. character. Yeah, they. I don't know. Tower of God just seems super. I don't know why, but it felt like super slow to start when it translated into the anime. It was. And in the actual comic. I don't know if it's just because I could like binge or binge read the comic while it was there. And uh, with the anime, you kind of had no choice but to wait a week. Yeah. Also, I think like the starting uh, art style really didn't help the case for it, at least for me. I actually enjoyed it. Uh, I am usually not a fan of super out there art styles, but I kind of like what they did with Tower of God. Um, I do have certain things to say about uh, God of High School. Uh, they they had they picked two Korean webtoons to choose, and they both had God in the name. Uh, yeah, anyway, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's messing with me. Uh, I almost. I almost interchange them. Anyway, the thing I have to say with God of High School's art style is uh, I mentioned this before. The characters tend to go off model here and there. Like, uh, who is the uh, the lady with the, uh, the kendo sword thing? I can never remember her name. Glasses. I, I know who you're talking about. Most, but occasionally in like the super action pack scenes you'll see her go off model pretty often and she'll have like super broad shoulders um <laughs> it's really really strange i don't know if yeah. they're just trying to animate like the uh the flow of her clothing but it, it looks like she has like muscle man shoulders it could be oh, uh mira i believe yeah, yeah mira so the moon moon style sword whatever yeah, it was her Love her character, but uh, the yeah. whole wedding thing was a little strange, but love her character. <laughs> yeah, that was that felt like such a weird little like interjection like, to the story. Like I could have seen that coming down like <laughs> later in the season series. Yeah. But like when what you, was the second, third episode? Just third. Yeah, just oh, I'm getting married and dropping out, just like that's kind of out of left field. Yeah, this okay, is okay, I guess. Kind of like I feel like this is the first season. Well, we should be done by now, but all the characters go through their, oh, this is happening in my life. I'm dropping out of the tournament. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. yeah. It was, and then they it was strange. Through the power of friendship and fighting each other. <laughs> More for the power of I hate you and want to beat the shit out of you. What is yeah. it, Super Smash Brothers? Kind of. <laughs> I mean, everyone's got some crazy fucking special moves There's that they can use. There's one guy who can, like, conjure a shark and it, it kills people, yeah. We'll, we'll leave it at that. That's pretty nuts. Yeah. yeah like, watch imagine watching this fight, though. Uh, like, it, the previous match, it ended, like, on the ground with a bent arm bar. And, uh, you know, it took, like, eight minutes to get there. And then the very next match, a dude summons a fucking shark. <laughs> it starts ripping <laughs> two people to pieces. It gets... It gets yeah, and when it get decides to get intense, it gets there quick. I will give it yeah. that. I I'm like it. They don't they fuck around. Had like three fights in the last episode. Usually they get like uh, there was like three episodes in a row where it was like half a fight per episode. Oh, so Dragon Ball pacing? Well, actually, Dragon Ball pacing is an eighth of a fight an episode. Yeah, they'd focus on like other stuff going on in the background, and then at the very end of the episode, they'd finish the fight. Okay. Well, yeah. That's not the worst. I suppose. Yeah, it, it just felt like uh, you got a spoon 
full of cool, uh, well-animated anime fight, and then there was nothing else to follow. That's fair. That's fair. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. Got a high school, I feel like, is definitely a show where they need to figure out the balancing for the fighting, because I think yeah. that's really what... They, obviously, gonna... they can't have like a whole episode of fighting. As cool as that yeah. would be, then how do you ascend from that? What but is an action-packed yeah. episode yeah. then? Yeah, I mean, they can't do that every episode, yeah, but I exactly. think like occasionally they can throw in like a full episode of yeah. just like this here on adulterated three beat the crap out of each at the same time. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to talk over you there. Oh, it's fine. But yeah, yeah otherwise, yeah, God of High School, definitely a recommend. Um, ReZero Season 2, uh, it's a hurt watch, but it's a good hurt watch. I'm enjoying this this season. Holy heck. Uh, they sent like what? Two or three curveballs at you this this last episode. Uh, it it was a roller coaster, that's for sure. And I, I there's still people who haven't even touched ReZero yet, yet so I don't want to spoil anything. But Yeah, I need to touch ReZero. I'm I'm scared to. Uh, just because I don't need another hurt watch in my life What's right now. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> it's a sad. good hurt watch. Yeah. It's a good one. Uh, Subaru watch, just or... goes to another adventure, uh, whoa, another world and just has adventures. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. He and everyone's happy all the time. Movies. Yep. Everyone's happy all the time. But, no, <laughs> absolute. <laughs> I'm, I've been waiting... Uh, oh man, uh, four, three or four years for season two. And I, I feel like I ranted about it last episode. I can't remember that was a while ago. You did, but, but I, I'm just so happy that it picked up. Like, uh, this would be like, this is anime's half life three. Like, uh, it seemed like we were never getting a season two and then we do. That's um, pretty cool. There's it gives some us people who are a little disappointed with it, though. Uh, I I'm not disappointed at all. I love it. Uh, I love the direction that it's going. It's certainly going deeper, and we're actually getting information. That's something that we were not getting in season one. But yeah, yeah. Uh, still one of my favorite shows. Now we have. Uh, speaking of. Uh, anime's half-life 3 waiting for attack on titan to wrap up next year yeah that's pretty nuts uh hopefully it won't be a disappointment like season two of one punch man yeah or season Mm -hmm. two of attack on titan well it ended good but man did it start off rocky for me it's like wow yeah i I, like five years for this it it lost me a little bit. That's why I haven't gotten back into it. Just because, like, three episodes in, I'm like, "What? This is what I was waiting for." Yeah, it. <laughs> it I'm gonna up. be. Yeah, it really does pick up. Uh, especially the latest season. Holy hell! Uh, more questions than answers. But we, you get all the answers to all the questions that you have. But now you have more an- or Wait. More questions. What, what did I? Did I you say that right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to rewatch it. I got a quarter of the way through season one, and then I got upset 
after uh, uh you got I, after Aaron turned into the Titan because then it lost it for me. Uh, it it picks up from there. Okay, it picks up from there. Really, it, really does. Because for me, what it. I enjoyed from it was okay. It's I liked that underdog story that they had with it, and yeah. like I kind of under. I'm hearing that it's still kind of that underdog story. Yeah, but they, I really enjoyed it. Just the purely tiny ass aspect. humans. Yeah, sur- trying just to survive in this world against these fucking large ass motherfuckers. Yeah, uh-huh. and I I kind of didn't like the whole Aaron as a Titan thing either the first time I watched it, but then later in the season they go deeper into that into that story and just build from it to continue that small versus large. Um, so, uh, I think, uh, you should definitely pick it back up. Um, and if, if it's not your cup of tea, then that's fine. But yeah, I recommend you don't like it. it. You don't like it. I'm like, I, I should try to try and watch it after that point again. Cause like, yeah. I really enjoyed it up until that point. And then yeah. that's what turned me, turned me off of the show. Personally, one of my biggest highlights of the show is the final episode of season two. They just did such a good job. Like, uh, you can captivate fear you could show like something's creepy you can show that something's kind of like scary but it's hard to encapsulate dread like to make even the viewer think that it's all over uh, yeah the, okay. the end of season two does a remarkable job oh right. there have been few series that can get me get me to feel that yeah uh, um, it's chills yeah, uh, especially uh, not spoiling anything in the middle of this dread and setting scene. Um, there's an interaction between Aaron and Mikasa. It is heartfelt. It is just great. OK, well, right. I think with that uh, we are we are at our wrap up point. So uh, thank you all for listening. And before we go, I just want to thank each and every one of you listeners out there who have been following the podcast. Yes, we know you are listening. And thank you so much for the support. Um, Those of you who have been uh, listening every week, or not every week, every time we release an episode, which is pretty much every other week, we try to keep it that way. Try. Um, Try. (laughs) Life happens. We're busy people. So I hope you guys understand. But thank you so much for supporting the podcast and your continued support is always appreciated know that we know um you're there and listening means a lot to us and it's the motivation for keeping uh, the show around uh to know that people are actually enjoying it uh that's the reason why i do it yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh to bring to smiles to faces or give you guys something to ignore the the wider world with um i think is very important Mm -hmm. uh i'm here for you guys <laughs> right. So thank you so much. And uh also big shout out to uh people who listen to us in Ireland. Uh we actually had a couple listeners in Ireland uh, according to our analytics. So big yeah, shout we out. Do. Yeah, we had a listener in Ireland. One I- of my favorite week. countries, actually. And shout uh, there, was another, uh there was another one too. Uh I'm gonna I gotta look this up now because I can't remember what other country it was. I'm so terrible. I think it was Germany. Um uh, favorite uh, countries. It was Ireland and Germany. We had a listener in Ireland and a listener in Germany last week. So uh, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. We're all over the world Uh, now. Yep. So thank you for your continued support and know that it is not unseen. We do know you are there and we really much appreciate it. 
Yep. So uh, you guys have a good night and uh, always remember it's okay to be weird, but not too weird. Exactly. All right. Have a good night, everyone.